All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 8 o'clock in Edmonton, looking for another gorgeous, gorgeous day. couple of days, actually. Plus 11, plus 12. Ooh. Let's welcome in the monster, Laurie Ann Munzer, our co-host. Mondays 8 to 10. Days like this, you'd be taking the big, the fat tire bike out to... Uh, and that thing would just be crushing it through the uh, all the Slush. oatmeal out there. Yes, is that I was, what, uh, I was tempted to ride it in this morning. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. Uh, so when that those tires like going through the slush and the oatmeal, they call it, mm-hmm. goes pretty well through there. Or oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, the one thing that you want to think about with a fat tire bike is it's the Jeep version on a bicycle. So you can literally ride through everything except a lot of powder snow. Hmm. And the one thing you want is a lower tire pressure. So I'm running probably around 15, maybe 18 PSI versus... What, it's a normal? uh, On a mountain bike, it would be about 30. And on a road bike, it's 100, 120. So it's really low. So you want the tread to kind of grip a little more. Yes, Absolutely. And you want that flatter traction. Mm -hmm. And the studs are better than no studs because invariably there's always icy patches that you Mm. can't see. And those will just like grit. I'd be a little worried with my uh, big backyard that would just crush the back tire would be just down to the rim. Oh, you want to put a little more air in. Totally. (laughs) All right. Time now for uh, On The Mark. Powered by Booster Juice, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. As we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Spec, do you have one of those fat tire bikes? I do not have a fat tire bike. I just have a road bike in the summer and a mountain bike in the winter. And I should ride the road bike more often, I might add. <laughs> I've seen you, you. That one time, it was early in the season, in the fall, uh, the Oilers were practicing at the downtown community arena. And you took your bike down and you had it just sort of, you know, you brought it inside because you didn't want anyone to pilfer it. Yeah, it's nice to commute. Uh, I live close to downtown. In fact, once I get in my bike, I wish I lived a little further because I just get going and I'm there. Yeah. But uh, I've always biked. I like biking. Uh, I think getting around town on a bike is, uh, you know, by the time you get home or get to your destination, you kind of, it's good for your brain. You know, you got to kind of not concentrate on work when you're leaving because you're riding a bike in traffic and things like that. And uh, I love it, man. Good exercise hmm. and good mental health. Well, maybe again, we've talked about this, you and Lorianne going out for a little tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love to go for a bike ride, Spec. Yeah, sure. I'd like that too. Just uh, <laughs> no competitions, please. I'm going to bring my bungee cord and attach it to oh, your, yeah. your seat post. Yeah, I'll get you to great. be the toe. I would just try to find, you know, if I could have any say in this. Uh, <laughs> of course, of course, Kevin. If, I could, if we could find the the, mo- the the hilliest part of Edmonton, up and down spec, up and down. Oh, no. I don't mm-hmm. do hills, Kevin. Oh. Do you do hills uh, spec? Uh, you know, I was biking with some people um, through the ATB a couple of years ago. I, I was trying to get into road biking. And the guy takes us to, you know, the Devon Hill when you go down to that bridge? Oh, no. Yeah, so we do the Devon Hill. Well, it almost killed me, but I did it. And then there's this campground, you know, the Devon campground where the golf mm-hmm. course is, Kevin? Yeah. Well, there's this hill that goes down there. 
So then he says, okay, next we're going down to the golf course. So I got that golf course. You think I'm getting up that hill again? Forget it, man. So I thought, I got to take a little slower start and meet some people that don't do such huge hills every day. Mm. <laughs> That's a wicked hill. And I think, Spec, we need to get a third chain ring. They call it the oh. granny gear. And the reason for it, we'll, we'll call it maybe grandpa gear because I know that you're a yeah, grandpa. Yeah. But it is magical. You can stay seated and you can climb hills like the Devon one there into the campground, back out. Mm-hmm. And it just allows you that one more set of gears. Really? Yes. Yeah. We should talk. Wow. We should talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mark Spector with us, Kevin Curious, Lorianne Munzer. And I saw you in the press box on, I guess, Saturday. We had a good little chat. The father-in-law mm-hmm. was at the game and we watched... Uh, I guess about 15 minutes or so of the game, 10 minutes, and Oilers 16 in a row here, and uh, now on a break. And I don't know, are you one of those guys that you go, ah, I'd rather keep playing, keep covering this team? But I think most people go, we, everyone enjoys the time off more. Yeah, like it's, you know, listen, these these dummies out there that are crying about who Edmonton plays yeah. in this streak, this, the answer is the schedule is the schedule. You just play your schedule, and, and it's the same with this break. Part of this thing's going to be that there's a huge break in the middle of it, and can you pick it up after? Well, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's a pretty tough uh, game awaiting in Vegas, but um, uh, you know what? The whole hockey world will focus on that game, right? Yeah. This is the game that we were hoping they could give us. This game, you're going into Vegas, team that knocked you out, Stanley Cup champions, streak on the line, you know, tie the record that Pittsburgh set. Uh, it really sets up for a great killer game down in Vegas on the whatever it is next Tuesday mm-hmm. so and the hockey world will pay attention to that game I'll tell you what it's I would say to you it's probably the biggest regular season game as of yet on the schedule of the National Hockey League yeah so Spec, what are you thinking is going through Chris Knobloch's mind in preparation for this big game I mean it's it's huge it's everything here yeah, it is. You know, I've talked to lots of coaches coming out of these things, and they'll all tell you that it's a bit of a crapshoot, for sure. These games are, you know, you don't know, you're not sure what you're going to get from your team. But to Chris Knobloch's advantage is the fact that, first of all, he's got a, a really good team. He's got a very focused group here that is clearly shown that they don't take random nights off and just don't show up. Like, he doesn't have that team. Uh, frankly, having a team coming back with this much to play for is probably good as opposed to a team that's just playing some, you know, Tuesday night game in Arizona that doesn't really mean that much. That's the game that, that you could really get a wild card out of. I think, you know, are you telling me guys aren't going to be ready for this game? Like yeah. you're telling me anyone's not well aware what they're coming back to. So, I think this is, of all the coaches in the National Hockey League, the two coaches in Edmonton and Vegas uh, coming back from the break probably have the easiest job because the game presents you know, something for each team to be very focused and ready to play. Mark Spector with us, uh, Sports 1440. Uh, Stu Skinner, again, another victory. That's a 12 consecutive uh, games with the victory against Nashville. That's the most in Oilers history, past Grand Fury already. Uh, tied for seventh in NHL history. And um, right now, wow. the, the top mark is 14 uh, consecutive goaltender wins uh, set by three guys. Tiny Thompson, Jonas Hiller, and Tommy Barrasso. 
I mean, Jonas Hiller, what's he doing? There? I don't know. I don't know that one. And uh, I was kind of shocked when I kind of cut, picked up that stat. But I was like, Jonas Hiller, wow, Jonas must have been Hiller. with the Ducks. I assume it was it Duke or not. Where I was, believe so. Uh, yeah. Well, of course it was with the Ducks. The Duke says it was, you know, his favorite team. So, but we're we're watching a guy here that is so dialed in. Um, and I, you know, we talked about it up top there. The way the special teams are going, and the way Skinner's going, I, don't, I mean, there's not a better team in the league right now. No, and you know what were sort of the things we came out of the playoffs last year wondering about, right? We wondered about goaltending. Like Skinner played, you know, he got all what six and I think it was twelve starts. He got all twelve mm-hmm. starts in the playoffs last year, and for about the last four, he was on a steady. His game was on a decline, right? He was just, he was worn down. So we came out of the playoffs and thought, okay, the Oilers are okay, but Matt, what are they going to do about goaltending? I'm not sure they got the guy here. Um, I think we're looking at a guy now that's changing our minds. Maybe he, why isn't he the guy at this point? This isn't just a six or seven game run here, mm-hmm. or even 12. You know, he's played well now over the course of three months and at a really elite level. In the 12 games, his save percentage is 950. Yeah. You know, 950. So, you know, between the team defense in front of the goalie and the way this goal has picked up his game, uh, I saw uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman's piece today with um, Jeff Jackson. And, you know, the way the way Skinner's playing, the way Pickard's playing when he plays, and what's going on with Jack Campbell's game in the minors, I'm starting to say that I think I'll be surprised if the order's spend assets on another goaltender. What do you think? I'm I'm agreeing with that right now. I mean, the thing is, there's another month to go. Yep. So we'll see exactly, you know, obviously a lot of things can change in that time. But The if guy's got to have a bad game. Yeah. So what happens if he has a bad game? What happens next? He's got to lose a couple. What happens after he loses a couple? How's he going to bounce back? I the, the guy I'm looking at, I got no worries about. But let's see what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Let's see next time he lets a couple softies in and he has a bad game. Let's see how he reacts. That's going to be a big part of this. What, you, if, what, if, ahead, he, what if he doesn't have a bad game? Well, it's it's well, just kind if, of inevitable. It's just the way it goes. I mean, it's such a long <laughs> season. You, I mean, to, to sustain this, Lorianne, at this clip, it, okay, it's okay, never but, happened before. But define bad game. And well, I okay, think he's 12-0. a little different because twel- the way he looks at it. Yeah, but, well, he's 12-0. and 0. If you run, if you're going to say that he's going to continue on this pace, 12 and 0 with a 1.401 goals against average mm-hmm. and a 950 save percentage, those are numbers that have never ever happened. But there's always a first time. <laughs> it's just not, I, I know you're sunshine and rainbows all the time, Lorian. <laughs> no unicorns here, but uh, I, I'm on the Skinner train. I, I listen. We all are. I think we all are. But yeah. it's just not sustainable. There's going to he's going to give up a bad goal. One, I mean, we don't even remember the last time he gave up a, a bad goal. Never mind a couple. Mm-hmm. He had a so, bad game, yeah. You know, so, and they are there. I mean, that that's part of sport is is just there is a certain duration, but then how long can you keep that going? That becomes the challenge. That becomes the game, and being in it. I mean, Knobloch was talking about Skinner being inspirational with the team and. I don't know what is he doing, Speck. Like, what is, what is he doing? Like, what was Knobloch talking about there? Well, you know, it's like the goalie is this. It goes both ways. The goalie can either stalk a team with confidence, right? Because they sit in the bench and they're watching their goalie, and nothing's going in, and they make a mistake, and it doesn't end up in their net. A goalie can give a team, you know, he just makes them a foot taller. 
and as we've seen in Edmonton, a goalie can do the same thing in the opposite direction. You bet. You know, a team's mounting the comeback. They get a goal. They get ahead. Oh, our goalie just mm-hmm. let in a lousy goal. It's tied again. Like the goalie can be the emotional uh, driver of a team for sure. You know, and right now he's the emotional driver in the right direction. And the team, the team plays better when the goalie plays better. It's you know, hand in hand. So, you know, inspiration. There's some players inspired by talking and saying the right things and making little plays. It's not like that with goalies. Either the puck's in or the puck's out. End of story. And with this guy, the puck's never in. That's as inspiring as a goalie's ever going to be. What did you make of uh, Corey Perry's first game with the Oilers? Hey, look, you know, he, my worry would be that the time he's missed, he just looked like Connor Brown looked for the first 20 <laughs> games, completely behind. Yeah. You know, and he didn't at all. He looked like a normal player on the ice, made a couple plays, you know, drove the net, poked at a puck. So I was just happy to see a guy that doesn't look like he's got a long road back by any means. He doesn't look like, oh, man, this guy, he's got to get some minutes in here. So that's good. Certainly by the time the games come that they're paying Corey to play in, uh, he's going to be ready to play in those games. And then with Dylan Holloway going down, but that Holloway and McLeod and Perry, I mean, it has the – Oh, boy. Know, there, there's a chance that there could be something special here. Yeah, and that that alleviates uh, – you know, I had Fogel on that third line. So now Fogel, who's playing great, is going to be a second-line player, and that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brings something to that top six that they don't necessarily have. And uh, I love that third line. And now who's your fourth line? It's all starting to slot together. Matthias Janmark should be my fourth-line left winger because mm-hmm. that's what you bought him here, and that's what he is. So – he shouldn't be second or third line. And Derek Ryan's a fourth-line player, and that's where he is. And, you know, I guess it's going to be Sam Gagne. I guess it's going to be... Uh, Connor Brown. Connor Brown, whoever it's going to be. And, and that's probably a spot where there's a new player coming in by the deadline. So yeah. I guess what I'm saying, Kev, is I'm not seeing a team with guys playing in the wrong spots. The contrary here. I'm seeing a team with everybody playing where they're supposed to play. Have you made the decision yet, Spec? when you're making the trek out to Marmot Basin here for the All-Star break week? Yeah, we're hoping uh, right away here. We're hoping. I'm going to make a call out there to Brian Road and just see what's going on with their weather. I Like, if it's going to be plus 11, do you go skiing? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> sure. We were supposed to go yesterday and then mm, this and that. So we'll see. I'm dying to go. This is my only chance to get a few turns in. I really hope we go, but... Uh, we're going to figure that out today, Kevin. All right, big guy. Well, stay <laughs> safe. And remember, you know how to, to get home from uh, yeah. from the pizza place at 2 in the morning. From the bar at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Go to the pizza place. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Thanks, bud. Talk to you <laughs> All tomorrow. Right, All right, that's uh, Mark Spector on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice. So you can get the boost you need at Booster Juice. There's no way that, that he does that again going... From the, uh, well, I guess it was the Athy B. Do you know the story or not? I don't know oh, the story. Really? Well, we got to mention it too. I okay. hate to say, but because, you know, it's a long time ago. Speck and you I were. You got to tell. Well, you Speck and tell. I were there. I think most of our listeners have heard it, me tell it about 10 times already. But we're at the Athy B, Speck and I, and then we were staying at a hotel and we are both, well, we were overserved. How's that sound? Overserved by a lot. And anyway, so he's, well, I'm starving. We had to get something to eat. So we went to this pizza place, walking by. It's about 35 below. And he says, well, how are we going to get home? I said, well, watch this. So I said, so we ordered the pizza. And I said, can we get it delivered to whatever hotel we were staying at? So we just jumped into the pizza delivery car. 
and the d- oh, pizza was delivered to us. That's perfect. Yes, yeah, so that's how that's it... Perfect. That's perfect. That's a great story. That's about 20 years ago, so... And Speck always, he loves that story. He loves telling that story. That's uh, a great story. When we come back, Andrew Peard, play-by-play man for the Edmonton Oil Kings, will be our guest at Oil Kings with a big win yesterday over the Brandon Wheat Kings. All the Kings men were at Roger's place. That's coming up. Kevin Carius, Laurie Munzer, Sports 1440, right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program at 8.23 in Edmonton. Kevin Carey, Lorian Munzer, we're just waiting to uh, check in with Andrew Peard from the Edmonton Oil Kings, play-by-play man. Oil Kings with a big win over Brandon yesterday. And uh, the Oilers obviously on the All-Star break. Lorian, so as a person that does a lot of work with, you know, athletes and things like that, and you're on such a roll, now you got to take 10 days off. Mm-hmm. Um wh- how do you kind of stay focused, but you always want to get refreshed? You want to turn your, probably get away from the game, get away from the the, the rigors of uh, making sure that you're totally prepared in and out, uh, on and off the ice. So you need that chance to recharge. Mm-hmm. So what's the kind of mindset here for the next few days before they get back to practice? I think this is going to be perfect timing. I think it's landed just exactly at the right time. So similar to when Connor McDavid went to Toronto for the Walk of Fame. Mm. Um, Being focused, you can keep it going for so long, but then you also need a break. It's not like stop, take your feet off the gas. It's a reset. Uh, Being able to go and do something totally different Uh, Going into the All-Star game, I think it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be perfect. Uh, Again, distraction therapy, right? It's something totally different, but it's similar. I think it's going to complement what is going to come when they go head-to-head with uh, Vegas. And I think it's part and parcel of what the preparation is. I know that maybe the selection could have been, because we talked about this before, do we go, do we not go, do we take a bye And I think it can only enhance Mm -hmm. and help because there's a few different things that you can work on at the same time while having fun, but also raising the levels and your ability, the vibration, the energy. And it's exactly what you bring to the game all the time, but it's a total different mindset. Mm -hmm. What about just a total reset to get away from the game? Because you're so vested into everything in your preparation both on and off the ice almost 24 7 and now you have whatever you can count it maybe you know obviously they had nice time saturday night i would imagine and then yesterday i would imagine like a lot of them would be traveling to wherever and getting away but just that that kind of ability to turn it off i guess for a few days it is it's vital it's important you've got to do it this is also a time break to take with friends and families reconnect again and you got to come back to the heart all the things that are important when you're training you've got to be on when you're competing when you've got the games you have to be on like there is you cannot take your feet off the gas but this is the other side of it that makes the whole picture, the whole plan come together. And you've got to have those different things to get away from the game. Just take a break. And it's it's more mental mm-hmm. along with the physical part, but it's the mental aspect of it. What about guys like, you know, like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, who are going to the All-Star game mm-hmm. and they have that... You know, they still got to kind of, you know, you're representing your team, you're, you know, your league and you want to have a good showing and you're still trying to, 
you know, grow the game. And so you're, you're still kind of have that opportunity where you, I guess a lack of opportunity where you're kind of putting your feet up totally like the rest mm-hmm. of the players. So what's different there? I think it's the leadership of bringing it to a totally different style, a totally different game, a total different venue. There's going to be a different energy about it. Um, yeah, this is a great shift. Mm-hmm. When you're on a run like this, do you say, I'd rather keep playing, though? Or would you say, ah, we'll take some time off? No, I mean, I, they, they have no choice. It is, this is what they knew this was going to be happening a long time ago. Yeah. But players always seem to say, ah, oh, man, I wish we were playing again. Even when things are, if you have a bad game, you kind of want to get right back out there. Absolutely. You always look at the schedule. And you look at what is the schedule? What have you got planned? This isn't a crapshoot of what they're doing. They have this already mapped out. And you adjust along the way, but you follow the plan. The goal never changes, Kevin. Mm -hmm. The plan may. And you've got to adjust on the fly in the middle of the game. You do a recap, a reset, a review after the games. You set up and go, okay, well, what are our intentions? But you always follow what's before you text coming in one 1440 if you have a question for Lorianne or myself send it our way raw dog reed says when does chris knobloch start getting some jack adams award votes that's for coach of the year mm-hmm. um do you think because he came in later you know he was obviously you know when the team was going poorly but now under knobloch's watch they've been you know they're almost unbeatable so I think that kind of goes against him. But I mean, what just from you not having an incredible hockey background, but you see his post game interviews, mm-hmm. his how he handles things, how his calmness. He's never, you know, it's almost like his heart rate never gets gets above sixty ever. Uh, you know, what are you seeing from him? How he's? I mean, I mean, it's his first NHL head coaching job. Really, I'm seeing leadership. Yeah, leadership at its finest. And it's something that I think everybody, players, coaches, um, fans, everybody, uh, oil kings, those up and coming athletes who want and have dreams, all of us, we can learn a lot with this. And I think one of the uh, most important things that we can see from Knobloch is his calmness. And that we don't see often enough. We don't see enough of Obviously, like asking Speck, like what's going on in his mind? I mean, he has done a 360 plus a 180 in a short amount of time. He's done the unthinkable, the undoable. Like, is this even possible? And of course, there's always going to be great times. There's going to be crap times, Mm -hmm. everything in between. But it's what he's thinking that he's bringing to the leadership. He's walking it, talking it, being it, and it's emanating out. Text coming in, one 1440 A little earlier in the show, uh, we kind of went through some player grades. Chompskers says, Nurse and McDavid are A pluses. DeHarnay is an A. The rest are fair. Uh, Stair Farmers, we, we, and we t- discussed Jack Campbell's grade and because of where he is, uh, you know, is it an F? Is it a D plus, D minus? What is it? So here's the question to you. So now he's... He sees what's happening here. Mm-hmm. You're you're a veteran goaltender. You've been down in the minors now for six weeks or whatever it is, and you've seen Cal Pickard play and play well. 
he that's your job. That's his job. That's your spot. Yep. That's where you were supposed to be. You may not have been... Uh, I, I would think at the start of the year, the Oilers were thinking it was a 50-50 split between Stu Skinner and Jack Campbell. Let's just say, for instance, if if Campbell were here instead of Cal Pickard, it's it's a it's a three games and one, four games and one, Skinner and Campbell. So that's where that is. So how does Jack Campbell continue to stay positive? Try to you know keep working on his game and hope maybe somehow he gets back to the NHL. Maybe it's not here, but hope that someone will take a chance on him again. He's got to play his own game. And it's got to be the long game, not the short game. It's got to be every day you show up as a champion, goaltender, and you just, he's got to play his own game. It can't be Skinner's game. It can't be Pickard's game. It can't be anybody else's game. Because I think that's where he may have run into trouble. Um, Manny uh, Legacy. Legacy, yeah. Or Legacy. Um, I don't know if he has had something really instrumental there, but whatever Campbell's doing, he's got to keep it going. He's got to build that fire and keep bringing it out Mm -hmm. every game. He cannot let his foot off the gas. Walnuts in the park texted in and said, but guys, I honestly thought Campbell was playing better than Skinner when he got sent down. That's not... A crazy comment because it was both guys were so poor at the time mm-hmm. and a lot of it had to do with contract. A lot of it had to do with, well, can you really send a guy down at that point and Stu Skinner? No. So it was a victim of circumstance a lot, but Walnut in the park's not far off. I mean, they were both. It could. They, they were on par. They were both playing yeah. poorly. And some, you know what? Sometimes that happens. Like one of the things that I always talk about with my athletes and my business athletes is environment is everything. And even though you don't necessarily get to choose your coach or your boss, um, you have got to show up and bring that. You know, like Skinner. Mm-hmm. The inspiration of inspiring other people, but motivating. And the inspiration comes from within. Everybody has it, but not everybody brings it out. So the question becomes, what are you bringing out to each and every game? Framer Johnny, and thanks for this one. Uh, sorry, he goes, I didn't hear what grade you gave Holloway. And actually, to be honest with you, I forgot him. Sorry, Framer Johnny, and thanks for that catch. I just forgot him because he's not. he wasn't on the active roster when I was looking yesterday because he got sent down to Bakersfield for the All-Star break to continue uh, playing. So, you know, again, it was it would be tough. It's almost along the lines of, uh, you know, a Corey Perry, not quite, but just the fact that, you know, he's been hurt a lot of the year. So I'd probably just give him like a C or something like that just because it, it would be a tough grade to give a player that hasn't been here. Having said that, since he's returned, he's looked very good. Mm-hmm. He's He's been engaged. He's fast. He hasn't, uh, you know, some people might think, you know, you might take a while to get back in the game. You might have lost a step, not lost a step, but it'll take you a a little while to get back to what you had. Unless you're doing a couple of things. And it made me think about Beckham, right? Beckham was sidelined, but he still continued to do the work. He could still continue to train. And I think sometimes we forget about doing that. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I've been dealt a, a really bad card. But if you continue to do the work, it will pay dividends. Uh, Jordan says, I'm in leadership, and every Monday I get an awesome thought or quote. The goal never changes, but the plan does. Yes. Is really resonating this morning. Oh, that is so, that is so ultimate, because your goal 
can never change. It's like me saying, I'm going to the Olympics, and then it's like, oh, this week, no, not this week. And then next week, you're back on it again. The goal never changes. The mm-hmm. plan will, and you have to decide when you get to the point. You go as far as you can see, and if you need to adjust it to raise the level of everybody or the results or the performance, then you do that. And then when you get to that spot that you were looking at, you keep going, but you create the next plan and you get to that end. It's like driving in the fog. <laughs> you, you know where you're going, but you go as far as you can see. Uh, any luck, Duke, with the AP, Andrew Peard, gone MIA? AP's MIA. What's going on with AP? Usually he's just rock solid. Well, that's I, when I texted him last night, uh, obviously wanted to wait till after the Oil Kings game had wrapped up enough to touch base with him. He does all his post-game yeah. stuff. Uh, I just wanted to see if he'd be able to duck in. Text me back in about two minutes flat. Last saying, night. Yeah, saying no problem. Love to do it. But, uh, I mean, hey, stuff happens. Yeah. I'll have to have a little chat with we'll AP to, here. Uh, Check in and see what's the what's the story. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he'll uh, he'll uh, he'll send me a text back and say, "Whoops, sorry," and we'll get him here at uh, eight forty or maybe nine o'clock. But uh, who knows? Yeah, we'll uh, keep working on that. At nine twenty, Aaron Portsline from the Athletic will join us. Uh, covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. A lot of things going on, I guess, with the Blue Jackets. You've got uh, Patrick Liney. Uh, taking a leave of absence. When did that come out, Duke? Was that Saturday or was it? The official statement was yesterday, I believe. And uh, so taking a leave, I guess, from Columbus. And then you've got uh, a couple of, I guess, younger players that aren't too happy. Uh, David Juracek uh, basically saying that he's on a different page with the the organization. He was demoted to the AHL. Uh, We had uh, Jarmo Kekalainen in town here talking to the media. He was on Gregor's show. What's going on with that? And then just some other things we'll talk to Aaron Portsline about. Gord Stellick will be with us at 1020, the former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, right now in Sirius XM NHL radio. Uh, when we come back, hopefully we'll hook up with Andrew Peard. If not, we'll uh, do a little more tap dancing. Hopefully we'll get him at uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, stay with us. Kevin Carey, Lorianne Munzer on Sports 1440. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the big program. Lorianne Munzer's favorite song. I don't know. I think we're taking it off the playlist, though, Duke. Oh. Getting rid of it. It's out. I know it'll be a good replacement song coming in. Well, if our next guest, be. if our next guest had a had any say, it would be something like Ozzy Osbourne or um, Metallica, um, Anvil, Metal on Metal. Who knows? <laughs> Let's welcome in uh, Brent Sake to the program. And uh, you know what we're going to do? It. It's uh, it's our game of the day, and it was the game of the weekend out at Sakers Acres. Brought to you by Saint Albert Dodge. Over three hundred new Dodge Ram and Jeeps are available. Zero percent for up to seventy two months on select models. Zero percent also available on Ram fifteen hundreds only at Saint Albert Dodge dot com. As we welcome in Brent Sake back to the big program. Morning, Saker. Did you get any sleep last night? Not, not much. You can tell by the voice, yeah. Uh, well, so things wrapped up around supper time. How was the event? How did it go, big guy? Oh, it was awesome. The uh, the kids had a blast. That's step one. The uh, the money's still coming in, thankfully. Uh, I'm just looking out the window, and uh, we had a lot of people here over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, my place is, uh, thank you to the 
people that came because there's nothing to do. It seemed everybody picked up the garbage. They took all this stuff. No kids left hockey game behind. I got nothing to do today. <laughs> World's longest uh, hockey game junior edition wrapped up uh, at Sakers Acres. Started at 3 o'clock on Thursday and then wrapped up yesterday around uh, supper time. So, again... You were trying to raise about a half a million dollars for the Cure Cancer Foundation, the Stollery, and research at the U of A. How did things go? And that's the most important part. And the kids just did an amazing job to raise a lot of dough here. Yeah, the uh, I don't know the exact number this morning, but when I went to bed, I think it was at three hundred and eighty thousand. Oh, great! Um, so a lot of kids. The, the best part for me was they'd look through their pages and go, I don't even know this person. Somebody just gave me $500. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what our community does. They gravitated to a child that was playing or whatever it was. And uh, pretty, pretty impressive. It tells the kids that they're doing something for people they don't even know. And, and these people are thanking them for it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, This is a phenomenal tournament here. How did the idea start? Can you tell it us was a that? couple of buddies of mine uh, last year, RT and Dusty, that uh, kind of got this thing and this ID running. Um, our kids wanted to um, uh, well, play because the adults, we play in the adult game, and, uh, and they were getting upset with us because they are just sitting on the sidelines and they wanted something that they could do. So that's kind of how it got going, and now it, uh, well, it turned into a fun, fun event. So, Saker, when we had you on last week, you, you were working kind of around the clock to make sure you had enough base for ice uh, out at Saker's Acres. So did you have enough? And, again, with the temperatures, uh, you know how it works. It can be minus 50 or it can be, like, plus whatever it was. So uh, how, how did the ice hold up? It was perfect. Oh, we great. did something a little different this year on making the ice. Dylan did a, um, a spray bar that he built to um, put the ice on really thin so we didn't use any truckloads at all this year. Hmm. And as the ice was melting, the Zamboni crew would just go out there, scrape it off, and there was no cracks, nothing. It was it was perfect the entire time. We could have played for another week in the weather if we had to. Have you finally figured out how to drive a Zamboni out there? <laughs> I don't have to drive. I got friends that do that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I mean, you know, when you got the support staff, you, the normal, the usual suspects were out there kind of taking care yeah. of things? Yep, absolutely. You know all of them, and uh, there they were. We had a great time. So uh, now what? I mean, uh, you want to keep the, the, the longest game going. Do you have a set plan for that moving forward here or what? Yeah, we're in September. I'm 90% finished the ball diamond out here. So we're going to play the longest baseball game in September. And uh, next year we're going to play the adult game. And then we're going to kind of take it from there. It's uh, We have to be very conscious and careful that you can't keep mm-hmm. doing things. And I don't want to annoy people that we do this for so often. So, uh, but just in between the years and stuff that we do it, as an event happens, we have to try and uh, uh, repair things and then heal and do a whole bunch of stuff. So yeah. it, at this point, those are the two events, and then we're going to see what's happening after that. So the ball diamond, how, I guess, talk about the challenges to get the ball diamond kind of, you know, the start, the, 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 the very beginning to get to kind of where you had to, you know, put it out in the property there to kind of where it's going to be here in September. 
Yeah, the, the diamond's been a labor of love. I'm, as I've always said, hockey is an activity, but baseball is a sport. <laughs> and uh, that's that's my love. Uh, it's been maybe 10 years to uh, to get this thing rolling. We, we had a plan where I wanted to build the exact dimensions of Yankee Stadium, the original one in 23. Mm-hmm. And over the years, you kind of get another load of dirt you put some grass in you build some fencing and and uh, now it's it's pretty much done we've just got to make it pretty we got to do some work in the dugouts and build the tunnel and then we're ready to go you just want that short porch and right absolutely <laughs> <laughs> absolutely how far is it down the right field line uh it's uh three 28 down right okay. and 485 down right center. Yeah, well, no one's going out there. <laughs> you you might as well just take some guys and have a picnic out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how, what was the reaction from all the kids, uh, I guess, you know, in the last, uh, you know, 72, 80 hours? have to flood the last time because there's so many kids crying out here oh, yeah it was it was something they're uh, uh, very very uh, grateful and gracious children and thank you to all of them and their parents they raised they raised uh, incredible human beings through that whole process as a volunteer maybe we get them a hot dog or or help them tie their skates or whatever it was they were very thankful and appreciative of what's going on. Not one kind of, but uh, not one argument on the ice. Uh, the the players weren't, of course, they were tired, but they didn't complain. They just put their boots on and away they went. Uh, it, it's it's. I said it last night. I think too often it's easy to do this, but uh, we really, really need to remember and never forget what children are capable of if you just ask them. And uh, I, I got to witness that this weekend. This is fantastic. When you were talking about the baseball diamond, I uh, had the flash of you build it and they will come and they are really coming. So if people wanted to help out and volunteer maybe in September or the next game, how do they do that? How, how could they connect with you? Yeah, on, on our website, there's just an email that uh, uh, that's hooked right to my email, and it's worldslongestgame.ca. That's if you still want to donate now or want to get involved in the next project. We have a long, long, beautiful list of volunteers that uh, that we call, and uh, I would gladly add anyone to that list and and, and keep the process going. Brent Sake with us. Just a couple more, Saker. Um, yeah. I saw a couple posts. Uh, Yoni Neiman and our good buddy, our finished reporter, sent one out about the the logo in the dressing room. Just can you touch on that and let our listeners know how the logo works when you come in and into that fabulous dressing room? Well, in any uh, um, in any locker room, if there's a logo in the middle of your locker room, the kind of unwritten rule is you never you never never step on the logo. If the Oilers have theirs in their dressing room you'd see players walking around that they wouldn't step on the logo as they go. So uh, a friend of mine got a carpet made with the world's longest hockey game logo and uh, it's roped off and uh, it's kind of funny. Some people still uh, would accidentally or even for whatever reason, step over the rope and, and touch the logo. And, and instantly everybody knows if you step on that rug, you got to put money down. So now we got a carpet full of cash. I think the, while we put it all in already, but I think the last longest hockey game, and consider this, we're, we were in the bubble during COVID, yeah. and so 
people couldn't come into the dressing room or anything. We're just our own, just just the group that was in the bubble. I think there was over ten thousand bucks on the logo, so it was the players and the volunteers that were intentionally stepping on the logo and then throwing cash on the carpet. Yeah, the worst guy back in the the, the long games, Doug Greschuk. He had no sniff. Oh, yeah. He would just walk all, just totally oblivious to what was going on in there. <laughs> yeah. I got to visit him over the weekend, so that was nice. Oh, good. Did a lot of guys? I wasn't able to come out just with uh, other commitments, but did a lot of the guys come out from games past yeah. and things like that? Yeah, I saw a lot of veterans and. Uh, Looking forward to the next game because it's going to be an older game. All of us are are, are talking, like Dougie said, uh, this kind of makes you feel like you kind of want to get out there. <laughs> and the funny part is he didn't know that I heard that when he said it, but I did hear that, Doug. I know he's listening. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got him now committed to playing in the next game. Well, uh, you know what? He's He's got uh, the, the funny story with Dougie Greschuk. He was drafted in the NHL before Igor Larionov. Remember that story? Yeah. yeah. So Igor Larionov was drafted after Doug Greschuk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Saker, thanks for your time. I know you were uh, up all night and kind of putting things to bed and whatever, and, uh, you know, just a wonderful event. And uh, thanks for doing this again, being spearheading it. And uh, we're, we're probably up a, around $8 million. Lorianne has one more for you, too, here, I guess. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna- you betcha. Yeah, I want to donate 500 bucks. Oh my uh, when I get home, oh, sure. I'm going to pop that on. Oh, I'm going to challenge so all of our listeners to just go a little extra and stretch. And hmm. this is phenomenal here. So let's let's bring this even Thank higher. You. Thank you very, very much for that. I appreciate it. I wish okay. I was there to give you a hug. Well, I'll give you a virtual <laughs> hug right back. All right, big guy, get some sleep. Okay, thank you very much, you guys. Okay, Brent's sake. World's longest game, uh, kids edition, if you want to call it that. Uh, They played uh, 45 young players, uh, played for over 72 hours straight at uh, Sakers Acres, uh, probably around 400,000 right now. Very generous of you, Lorianne, as well. And, uh, you know, to see these kids out there, it, it, it's it's an, not an easy thing to do when you when you're strapping on the the blades for anywhere between you know three to four to five hours. It's tough. I mean, it can. Yeah. It, I mean, but again, the kids are resilient, and you know. Yep. This is called digging deep oh, and yeah. keep going, and and it's like so, I think it's an honor to play. Yeah. Again, I was lucky enough to play in this game five in the long one five times. So I played in oh, it five goodness. times and. The first one uh, basically was was 240 hours straight, and then uh, the last one was 260 or something like that, 258. Just because someone, in, well, the, the the crazy part of it all, there was a group in Calgary that would keep breaking the record, and it was never about the record, but they did theirs in the spring indoors, and Guinness would never uh, separate the two. So they oh, said, really? yeah. So I mean, you could play indoors for. A thousand hours, yeah. Because of you know, you don't have to worry about the elements. The ice is better. Uh, you're not worried about anything as far as um, catching a, an edge in a rut or you know things like that. And well, the, the temperature is always oh, constant, exactly. so it's like it's controlled. There's times like one year it was minus fifty one with the wind chill, and then it was uh, plus seven in the same two week period. Oh, I mean, the yeah. written rule should be outdoors. Well, it should like, be, but it that's... It should be same across. Exactly, but that's not the but way that's, they that's do Calgary, it. though, right? Yeah, Calgary. They're just... Duh. Yeah, just a cheap imitation. That's all Duh. it is. Jeez. Uh, when we come back, hopefully, 
Maybe are we going to get AP? Duke is what's going on with AP? It's looking uh, bleaker and bleaker yeah. as each passing minute uh, does. drags past. But uh, but the world's longest hockey game uh, was the St. Albert Dodge game of the day, game of the weekend, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge um, with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge and see how easy it is to do business with all the great people up there. Uh, StAlbertDodge.com for all your information that you need. APB for AP is what it is, eh? <laughs> uh, when we come back, we will uh, check in with Aaron Portsline from The Athletic, covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Also, we've got Gord Stella coming up in the uh, 10 o'clock hour from the uh, Sirius XM NHL radio and former GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Before that, time now for uh, Sports 1440 Update, brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. Our hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts and treatments were designed for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.